Conversations with Love with Eric Sean. Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Love, where we interview real live people. They share their experience of how they've overcome adversities and how they use those experiences to spread love. I'd like to welcome everybody to another episode of Conversations with Love. As usual, what I like to do is to start off with a prayer to kind of get us all acclimated to this space and to this moment and to this present time. God, please allow us to be grounded, present. Please allow us to be grateful for every experience that we've endured up to this moment, whether we see it as good or whether we see it as bad. Please allow us to know that you have taken us through this process so that we can demonstrate your love. We can demonstrate your strength. We have been able to develop our own strength so that we can serve you, serve the universe, and elevate the vibration of love. Amen. We are blessed today. And please forgive me if I say your name wrong, but I think I have it right. Pratiba Day. Is that absolutely correct? See, look at that. Sometimes I impress myself. (laughs) Pratiba is a visionary, author, entrepreneur, motivational speaker, teacher, and founder of Chai Together LLC. Pratiba has overcome numerous adversities in South Asian culture. Her academic background is in interpersonal communication and education. She's an advocate for women, children, and the elderly on her show, Chai Together, where she advocates for mental health and physical well-being. Her upcoming book is titled Resiliency, A Woman's Journey from Scarcity to Success. If you want to follow up with her, you can contact her on facebook.com, pratiba.day. IG is Chai Together LLC, Backspace, Free Spirits Fly, and YouTube is Chai Together. You are, you've accomplished a lot. Hey, yes, I have. In six months. (laughs) The universe believes in speed, right? Really does. And now I'm off to grad school. So, Absolutely amazing. Yeah. So now if we go back Mm. to six months, can you tell us a little bit about what has led you up Mm. being in the space where you were ready to create all of this amazing stuff that you created. Wow. Let me take a deep breath. That's like a big um, <laughs> big response because my life was nothing like this before I invested in myself. So beginning of last year at this time, this is actually when around the time when I had my abortion. So my story goes back since I was five, you know, um, sexual assault, sexual abuse, molestation to physical abuse, you know, in the South Asian realm of things. And then, yeah, basically led myself to romantically become involved with men who were narcissistic. And I found myself to be impulsively engaged while living overseas last year while I was teaching. And it led me to basically run for my life from the individual for my own safety And I found myself pregnant and homeless, uh, expecting twins. And I made the decision to not bring my children into, you know, 
into the world when I was in a situation like that. And that's a decision I made for myself. And it's not something I want to go into great detail about because I've learned to pull back and reserve because it can be worsening for the healing process if I don't speak about it properly and carefully and who I speak to it with because everyone has their own views and opinions. But it's definitely something that I don't shy away from. It's my body. I'm a grown woman. And I know the decision that I made was the best for me at the time. So that's where I was. And that was my emotional impact that Mr. Bob Proctor speaks on regarding, you know, two ways you can change your life is one through repetition. And two is through, you know, an emotional impact such as 9-11. And Mr. John Tillerico shares that. So it's something negative. And that was my negative, but that was my blessing in disguise because that led me to have a drive that I accomplished more in six months than people possibly have in a few years. And I was very restless to succeed. So I did everything I had to, to get all of this done that you read in my bio. <laughs> That's my story. <laughs> the thing that I think that uh, more people need to realize is yeah. that you do not have to be stuck and your story does not have to be your circumstances. Mm-hmm. It sounds like that you went through some rough circumstances, you overcame them. Yes. You are no longer defined by them. No. <laughs> Today, I actually graduated from therapy. I was in therapy nine months and my therapist said, I don't need her anymore because I have those skills. And now I coach other people <laughs> in my support group for Chai Together. So I'm creating a mental health program and I'm going to grad school for marketing and you know, writing my book. And I basically have made myself into a pro in how to heal and take care of myself and help others do the same without any attachments because attachments aren't healthy. That's one thing people don't realize is that attachment, you know, it has a negative connotation to it, but you know, when you want something healthy, you should focus more on healthy boundaries than something as attachment because once that's taken away, you feel lost or you feel a void. And that's the difference between alone and loneliness is when you're alone, you're more so, you know, found to be content in yourself without feeling a void. Loneliness is when, you know, you feel a void and you need someone else to fulfill it or something else to fulfill it for you. I'm whole within. And through this process, I've learned to love myself fully. And I see your shows about conversations with love. So I really, truly now I can say I love myself. I don't depend on anyone else for love or look for um, someone to fulfill something inside of me because I do that for myself now. Yeah. And and I think the other thing that I've learned about attachment is that the more attachments you have, the less open you are to learn and discover new things. Ooh, wow. I like that. Yes. So my thought process every day is, is that I hold on to nothing and I'm open to everything. Yeah. You know, that's a Buddhist way, honestly, uh, because I lived in Thailand last year for 10 months. And the one thing is just gratitude and just to find more than enough in something that's not even enough, especially in a country like Thailand, depending where you live in like rural, where it could be more poverty, which is where I live. So I like that. <laughs> so I, one of the things I noticed is that a, a lot of what you do is focused around the topic of mental health. Oh yeah. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about how that came about and why you're so? Sure. So I started Chai Together. First of all, it was just a YouTube name, um, Chai Together, because I have Chai Together with my mom. And when I say Chai, I'm not talking about the Chai tea or Chai lattes. 
So chai is the origin of India and chai actually means Indian masala tea, which is basically sugar, milk, and tea leaves with cardamom, cinnamon, pepper, corns, and just whole pepper. So that's what really chai is. And that came about because my mom actually has two mental illness diagnoses. She's a paranoid schizophrenic with IAD. So IAD is an illness anxiety disorder, which means that she believes it so much that she's physically ill that it manifests into her body. So it's her thinking. Um, A lot what we learn in CIR is about belief. And she really believes to the point that she's physically sick to where she makes herself physically sick, but there's nothing actually physically wrong with her. And that came about over time when the right treatment wasn't catered to her. And that's what inspired me with Chai Together because I turned my pain into my purpose regarding my mom. And then I started interviewing individuals with mental illnesses um, who have overcome and people who have family ones, um, family and friends who have it as well. So that's how that started four months ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think day by day, I become more amazed at how much time we waste waiting to live as opposed to living. I mean, it amazes me how much you've accomplished over such a, a short period of time. Me too. And let me say, I was in college while I was doing all this all throughout the summer. After my abortion, I made a dedication to myself that I'm going to complete school. And uh, I completed with great grades. I did all that while I was traveling for speaking engagements, you know, for Les and Les Brown and met with John and doing different things. And next week, I'm going to Utah for our leadership marketing conference. So I'm always doing something because I have to propel forward. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a. Well, let me back up. Mm-hmm. You, how much of a part do you think that everything that you went through in the past yeah. had to do with everything that you're going to do in the future? Oh, that's a great question. I do believe it was for me. However, it's not for everyone. You know, I built my resiliency through the hardships, but a lot of people can't stomach that. So most people opt out, such as suicide or injure themselves or just live like a, you know, a life that doesn't serve them. But for me, it's different because everything that I'm doing is regarding to mental health and it's regarding my story. And, you know, when you use your story, I feel like you can't go wrong. And that's one thing I learned from Les, Les Brown. So everything I do now has me rooted in it because I have to say that it's a miracle that I'm here. I'm just surprised myself. (laughs) Yeah. And why do you think it is? I'm always amazed by this because, again, as I said before, some people can go through things and they can become very stuck. Yeah. Another thing that can happen, too, is that they can hold it all in and they can fester and they can become very hateful and uh, very miserable people. Oh, yeah. No, that's not me. (laughs) What do you think about you? What do you think it is about you that mm-hmm. allows you to take everything that you've gone through and now use it to spread love and to empower and to uplift other people? Why is that important to you? Okay. Yeah. Well, I was always this way. I was very social, outgoing, friendly. Um, nothing about me has changed. It's just I changed my environment and I confronted the people who hurt me. So now they're no longer in the story. The world didn't hurt me. It was, you know, my environment, the people you trust the most, you know, can tend to hurt you, mostly uh, family and friends. And that's what had happened with me. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the world is cruel, the world is bad. It's all about your perspective. And one of the reasons why I survived 
is when I discovered less eight years ago when I was suffering from clinical depression and suicide ideations. And I knew that I wanted to be a motivational speaker. What now? Eight years later, I speak with him, speak for him. So it's really incredible that what you can manifest regardless of whatever traumas you have. But I truly believe that what it is about me is that I always loved people, uh, whether people gave me the same love back or not, whether they reciprocated you know, or not. I am still who I am. No one was able to take that away from me just because a few people put their hands on me or molested me, whatnot. Those people you know, aren't deserving of the love that I have to offer, but I don't have any hatred. I just have self-love and uh, through therapy, you know, I found healing. So I'm good to go. (laughs) And since you are the person who decides what your future looks like. Yeah. What does your future look like? (laughs) I am a billionaire. That's what my future looks like. And my goal is, you know, I'm so happy and grateful now that Chide Together revenues over $1 billion by or before December 16, 2023. Now I know I'm going to grad school. However, I'm still going to have my business as well. So I find my future to be with what my voice script is, what my vision is for myself. And it's really about giving to children. So the reason why I have Chide Together is I also have a suicide prevention project, which provides phones and laptops for children in New Delhi, India during the pandemic. And I partnered up with Aryan Mishra to do that. And he lives in India and he's the one who originated this. And he's also on Humans of Bombay, which is like the Humans of New York page on Facebook. And I teamed up with him because a girl had committed suicide during the pandemic for not being able to have access to her education, that she was so traumatized, she just killed herself. And I knew that that's something I wanted to be a part of. So my goal for a big goal for Chai Together is to supply education. I lived in, you know, like third world, almost second world Thailand. And I saw what it's like for children to live there and not have the education or mental health facilities. And, you know, my goal is just to provide as much as I can through the monetization that I can acquire, you know, as I grow. So that is my big goal is to help children and my nonprofit Free Spirits Fly, <laughs> where I want to build, I will build a, um, let's say I already have a home for abused children who don't have anywhere to go. So those are my goals. Very nice. (laughs) Yeah, because I was that child. So a lot of the time, children who are abused, they don't leave their environment. One, because even the people who are supposed to help don't help. Two, uh, how are they going to look after themselves? So this will provide like a gateway for them to stay somewhere while some other accommodations can be handled. So, yeah, it's my goal. And, and if you could leave a message to mm-hmm. people that are struggling, children that are struggling with mental health, people that are struggling with being stuck and trying to find their way, what would your message be? My message would be to get help get help as in professional help, because I know that, you know, when I was 16 and I was abused, I had actually told my abuser, I need therapy at such a young age. I was well enough to know in my mind that I need therapy for what I have just went through. And the person laughed at me and the stigma in, you know, different cultures about mental health or, you know, the juju and all that stuff. It's really a shame how ignorant people can be when we've come such a long way regarding education, psychiatrists, psychologists, and all people, even hypnotherapy, Reiki, that there are so many resources, but 
it's really a pity that at the time when I was going through all of this, no one was able to help me. So the fact that I have tried together and I can help people provide free resources with what I know now and different things, like if someone had done that for me, but not one single person had reached out to me and said, hey, you should see a therapist or hey, you know, you can talk to someone, not one single person. All I had was a journal and that's what made me a writer. So that's the good that came out of that, such as Earl Nightingale says, whenever something happens, just say, that's good. So I would just tell the kids to say, that's good. And eventually they'll find the good in it of what they went through. And hopefully they will be able to connect with the resources because of yeah, because of you and things that you've accomplished and that you're putting together. Yeah, thank you. I want to thank you, number one, for spending this time with me. You know, I think, and I know that time is the greatest commodities that we have. Yes. So for you sharing the space with me and with us, I am truly grateful. I do know that you're going to do great things because of all the stuff that you're doing now. You're planting a lot of seeds. You're staying working. You're staying busy. And I think that the world will definitely benefit from it. Uh-huh. I also want to let you know how proud I am of you for getting to the place where you felt that it was worthy to invest in yourself and being open to new information and being willing to let go of old mindsets because it's the hardest thing to do. It's the absolute hardest thing to do to take responsibility for where we're going and to be able to release the chains of bondage from where we've come. Yeah. And one other thing that's hard is, you know, doing it right now, speaking about it. You know, it's not always easy, but you do it anyway, because if you don't do it, who else will? You know, we can't wait on the next person to. So I may not always speak about, you know, in detail, because that's not healthy as well for me and my boundaries. But I do find that it's important to talk about it briefly, because the world needs more of that. Yeah. And I also believe that it's that if you told every single detail, I don't think it would make a difference because it's not so much about the details. It's about the lessons that you've learned. Yes. I always say it's not the circumstances. The circumstances are just the means for us to learn the lessons that we need to be able to do God's work and to pass those lessons on to other people. I like that. You've done a very good job at that. <laughs> Thanks, Eric. <laughs> Again, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for, for being patient with me. <laughs> and. uh it's amazing. You're one of the universe's love angels. Wow. I really like that. You've done the work and allowed the universe to put you in a position to where you can raise the elevation of love. And I appreciate that. And I thank you for it. Wow. <laughs> Very good. Thank you. Conversations with love with Eric Sean.